May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I remember when I first moved to Georgia, I was struck by those little, like, shacks, the little sheds right out by the side of the road and wondered, why on earth? I mean, they're hardly big enough for you to do anything in. They can't be playhouses, right? Because you wouldn't want your kids playing right out by the... Why would you build a tiny little house right out by the road? But then I drove past one morning and saw the young people with their backpacks sitting nicely, protected from the elements, waiting for the bus. And I thought, ah, okay. That makes sense. Last weekend, I watched a football game. And the team that I was cheering against scored a touchdown against my team towards the end of the game. Kind of a big play. But I wasn't mad. Instead, I said, I think I even said it out loud, yes. Even as that team was celebrating in my team's face. Sound a little strange? Well, not if you saw the little yellow handkerchief that the ref had dropped in the backfield. There was a penalty, a holding penalty, that was going to pull the, the play back and, and put my team in, in a pretty good position to win. Sometimes knowing what is really going on affects the way that we would otherwise act, right? Knowing that the school bus is going to be picking up my child by the side of a busy road in the rain might make it make sense for me to build a little shack for them. Knowing that the referee is going to overturn the play and and bring down the opponent and and give our team the advantage, well, that makes confidence make sense. And knowing that Jesus is coming, well, that should explain how we live, right? We're in the season of Advent, the the season of the church year. Today is the first Sunday in the church year, and Advent is the season that was designed to help prepare our hearts and our minds for Christmas as we get ready to celebrate the coming of our Savior. The word Advent actually means coming, but it's not only just him being born in Bethlehem as a baby, but, but we also in Advent look forward to his coming again on the last day. So really, we begin the church year with the end in mind. And on this Sunday, you heard Vicar read the Palm Sunday story, right? As Jesus entered into Jerusalem with the end in mind, right? He went there with one purpose, to accomplish what we needed so that we can look forward to his coming again with that yes in our hearts, the quiet confidence of knowing that he's got this that it's all taken care of. So today I want us to to focus on Isaiah chapter 2, the the, the first reading. And and in Isaiah chapter 1, the people of Israel had kind of been raked over the coals for not living like they were children of God. Yeah, they, they were bringing their, their offerings, but, but God said that their sacrifices were worthless to him. They had been showing up at the temple for the festivals, but God said, based on the way they were living, he was weary of their lip service. He said he was going to turn his hand against them. Isaiah 1 is kind of scary, although he does have the little glimmer where he says, but, but when you return, when you turn back to me, I'll, I'll, I'll purify you again. But, but anyways, Isaiah 1, we've got these warnings, and now in Isaiah 2, God points us ahead to what is coming. 
the last days, when Jesus will make everything right to bring us to be with him, to to, to be our Savior. And because of what is coming, I want us to look at the last verse, at what he tells us to do. He says, come, descendants of Jacob. So that's us, that's believers. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. That's what I want to talk about today. King Jesus is coming, so let's walk in that light. In other words, let's act like it is actually true that King Jesus is coming, not just to throw him a birthday party at Christmas, not just going through the motions of showing up at worship like uh, uh, the the people of Israel did, but, but actually living our lives like King Jesus is coming, like that is the, 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 the peak and pinnacle of our very existence, like the one with all power and all control is actually coming back for us. In everything we do, in how we schedule and spend, in how we live and love, in how we forgive and forget, in in everything. Because the reality is, we don't always act like King Jesus is coming, right? When, When we get worked up because of something someone did to me and hold that grudge, well... That's saying, Jesus, you really can't handle this. When we worry because something doesn't go the the way that I want, we're not seeing Jesus on the throne, are we? When we get stressed out over trying to keep up with the way too busy schedule and all all the stresses of the season... We might be living like other things are our priority. Way too often we don't act like Jesus is coming. Instead of walking in the light of the Lord, too often we walk in the darkness of the world with its selfishness that shows in our gossip or greed, our our pride or, or anger. When we live at odds with others and and want our way, we're forgetting who's really in charge. But Isaiah writes this. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. So the mountain of the Lord's temple, otherwise known as Mount was not really much more than a hill, you know, about 2,100 feet in elevation. But Isaiah says in those days, it'll put the Rockies and Rainier to shame. It'll dwarf Kilimanjaro and and Everest. People will stream to it. People will be excited, saying to one another, let's go to this mountain, right? Why? Why? Because King Jesus is coming. You see, in Solomon's day, or in in Isaiah's day, Solomon's temple stood on Mount Zion, right? So even if Rainier has a higher elevation or a more impressive peak, Zion is where you went to meet God, where those sacrifices brought you peace with him, where you were cleansed of your sin, where you were strengthened for life. 
Isaiah says that it's there that, that, that God taught his ways. Look at verse 3. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. But, but then think about what Isaiah had been talking about. The, the, the people weren't acting like that. They, they didn't follow his ways. And so he had promised destruction would be coming. Solomon's temple would not always stand. So God inspires Isaiah to point ahead to when the king comes. Right? And, and, and we're looking at Old Testament prophecy. So remember, a lot of times with Old Testament prophecy, it is like looking at a, a, a range of mountains. Right? And, and you can see the peaks, and they kind of look like, like they're all together in one. But then you know, if you climb one, you can see how far away it is to the next one. But from this vantage point, you see all these different peaks. And so Isaiah talks about Jesus coming. And some of the things he's talking about are that first coming, and some of the things he's talking about apply more to, to that second coming. So, so Isaiah says that, that the, the king is coming, right? The, the mountain will be elevated. And, and think about this in our first lesson we saw Jesus riding up Mount Zion, right? Palm Sunday, he came down the Mount of Olives and, and rode up to Jerusalem. So if, if Solomon's temple being there elevated Mount Zion in importance, think about this. God himself in the flesh was there. And what he went there to do I mean, think about it. Remember at Christmas, the angels announced why Jesus came to this world? Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. He entered into to Jerusalem. He rode up that mountain to bring peace. Right? Not, not as this warrior, but as our Savior gentle and riding on a donkey, on, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He went there not to attack, but, but to be led like a lamb to the slaughter, to suffer the, 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 the spear and, and, and the, the, the thorns and, and the spitting and the mocking and the nails, to suffer death, to sacrifice for us, so that he could accomplish what he came to do so that he could elevate that mountain to the highest place, the most important mountain in the world, exalted above all of the hills. So now here we are. You know, that, that first part of the prophecy has come true, right? And we're here after that, not knowing how long before that second coming. But, but you think about it. Jesus has done all of that, and yet we sin. Right, we just said that we don't always live like he is the most important pinnacle of our lives. We haven't always come to the mountain of the Lord here to worship him. We, we, we don't always get taught by him in, in his word. And even if we have, sometimes it's just like those Israelites just going through the motions. So thank God that the law has gone out from Zion the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, so that we can look back on what Jesus has done to forgive us all of our failures. And so we can look forward to when he will come again to make everything right. King Jesus is coming. So let's live in that light. Let's walk in that light. Isaiah prophesied that nations will stream to this mountain. You realize that's us, right? And did you notice as, as he was talking about the nations coming to the mountain, what they were doing? They were encouraging one another. Come on, let's go up this mountain of the Lord. I want you to think about that. 
as we are, are each climbing our individual mountains, as, as we're walking the mountain of the Lord, looking to, to live in the light of, of, of the Lord, well, we have one another. Two stories, then I'm done. Both happened this week. First one, uh, one of our longer time members moved this week. But the day before the, the truck pulled out, one of them came in and, and talked to me and, and said goodbye and, and thank you and all, and all of that. And they talked about how excited they were about the, the new home and the new life and the new area and, and all those new opportunities. But they said they were afraid of one thing, leaving their church family. Because she said there, there were things that you helped her through that she could not have gotten through otherwise. Realize you're important to one another on this walk up the mountain. Flip side, there is another member. I, I was in their house this week. Someone who hasn't been in, in a little bit. And that person talked about the, the feeling of aloneness and, and disconnectedness. No family around. And they said that when, when they did come to church, they, they didn't always you know, feel like they, they fit in. So I encourage that person to, to come here because I know God's promised it. God has given us you to be there for one another. And the way that we have that is, is when we gather and we encourage one another. You are important to each other. So who knows? But the, the, the person you invite out for brunch after worship is the one that really, really needs that. Or the... Just the word of welcome or introduction to, to, to someone that you haven't talked to. That might be exactly what builds the bridge to, to help that connection come. Or you go home and you give forgiveness to that person that uh, you're kind of mad at. Because you know King Jesus is coming. And he'll handle all of that. He'll, he'll make it all right. So you can give that forgiveness. And then maybe, maybe that's how that person sees the light of the Lord. Or you, or you do that act of kindness or generosity because you know King Jesus is coming and you will have everything you need so it doesn't have to be all about what I'm piling up for myself so I, I can be generous and, and in that you're encouraging a fellow believer to continue walking up this mountain of the Lord. On Palm Sunday, Jesus climbed Mount Zion for you to accomplish what he came to this earth to do, to be your Savior. He elevated that mountain, Mount Zion, with his death and resurrection, and he promised that he will come again. So today, as we begin our, our new church year, may we start with the end in mind. And may we walk up Mount Zion throughout this, this church year in which, and, and say to each other, Come. Let's go up the mountain of the Lord. King Jesus is coming. So let's live in that light. In Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we take this opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. Great King above all kings, you have come into the world and will soon return, bringing with you your eternal kingdom. At that second coming, we will no longer live at war, but in peace. While we remain here waiting for your return, continue to teach us your holy ways. Help us walk in your glorious light. Lord, in your mercy. Savior of the nations, you have blessed our nation with many reasons to be thankful. Thank you for the opportunity that we had to celebrate that Thanksgiving this past week. Help us to always remember you and your heavenly kingdom as we rejoice in what you've provided for us in this earthly kingdom. Thank you for your protecting hand, which has returned us safely here today to once again gather with our fellow believers around your word. Lord, in your mercy. God of grace, you give us many opportunities this week to grow in our relationship with you and with each other. Bless the first of our Wednesday midweek Advent services. May this service edify our souls and spirits as we sing your praises and learn from your holy word. Bless our ladies' advent by candlelight this Thursday as the women of our congregation enjoy fellowship as they prepare their hearts for their coming king. And bless our efforts to share your love with our community during the Covington and Conyers Christmas parades this Saturday. Work through our efforts to bring lost sheep into a relationship with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of love, be with those in Waukesha, Wisconsin, who have been affected by the horrible tragedy that took place as a vehicle drove through a parade. Be with those who are experiencing loss from this event, and be with the survivors who witnessed this traumatic event. Comfort all involved with the eternal hope that you give us in Christ Jesus. Lord, in you and in you alone we find our rest and our comfort. Lord, in your mercy. And hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. 
All these things we ask in Jesus' name and join to pray the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Good morning again and welcome. It is wonderful to, to be here to worship with you to start the new church year. Uh, after the, the 1030 service today is our congregational open forum. Uh, so you're all welcome to come on back for that or you can tune in on Zoom um, and we'll go over the plan of ministry and the budget for next year. So I wanted to announce that. Um, and then Vicar mentioned in the prayer the, the midweek Advent meditations starting this Wednesday, the next three Wednesdays, uh, at 6.15, soup supper, 7 o'clock, devotion. This Thursday is Ladies' Advent by Candlelight, so a very special night for the ladies of the congregation. Uh, please plan to, to come to that. You can sign up on the information table for that. And then this Saturday are the Christmas parades, um, which means between now and then we have to attach a lot of cards to candy because we walk around and, and hand those to all the people at the parade. Um, you probably noticed the float is in the process of being built under the, the Graceway there. It'll be ready by Saturday, and we can use um, all sorts of people who are ready for a, a good walk, a nice little exercise on Saturday, and we, we just hand